1: Radio Red in the house doesn't look like Radio Red because she had her hair done and they didn't have to do curls. So she's got her hair up, and everybody's saying, "Where well, you cut all that hair. And here we are. Read My Lips Radio. Talk about being creative. I'm trying to be. I have three wonderful guests today. And before we get started, I want my guests, they're unnamed yet unless you're looking at the screen. Facebook, wave hello, everybody. On the count of three, say hello, Facebook. One, two, three. Hello, hello Facebook. Facebook. Oh, we've got a good group today, I can tell. And I have one more assignment for all of you before we really get started. We have a lady named LLL. I'll tell you who she is in a second. Diana's nodding. I think you know. And I'm going to ask you on the count of three to say as loud and sincerely, David, as compassionately as you can, hello, LLL. Here we go. One, two, three. Hello, LLL. Josh, I think that was one of the best. I say that every week because I want my best LLL is lovely lanky Laura Leggs, our most loyal listener. And what she does is she listens and at eight oh one PM Eastern time she will email me and she'll write great show and she'll tell me a little bit of what she got from each of my guests a little bit of a summary and how much she enjoyed hearing you so and she is in Whitestone New York and I've been taking up a fictitious goFundMe campaign David for Laura for for four years now trying to get her to move to London because it's kind of expensive there Whitestone's not too bad either so I haven't raised any fictitious money I'm not into crypto yet <laughs> but but we'll get her so it'll be lovely lanky Laura legs I'm almost listen for London one of these days there you go I'm watching us on Facebook and I'm so happy to be here so it is May 9th oh my goodness the 20 20- 129th day in 2022, Gregorian calendar. Shout out to Greg Gregory, Gregory, whatever his mommy called him. We appreciate your calendar. 236 days left in the year. This is the 19th Monday, and nobody cares about that except me. And we are in the zodiac sign of Taurus, okay? And we'll get into that a little bit later. So I'd like to tell you who my very special guests are. Just wave hello, and then I will have each of you introduce yourself. Take about three minutes when we get to the right after this. So first up, we have a Dale Carnegie instructor and realtor, her name is Shelley Slocum, wave hello, Shelley, and she's the author of a lovely book called Love and Inspiration from Mom. I read part of it. She picks up famous quotes that are inspirational, and then she has a little sidebar on a mom's thoughts on what the quote means to inspire a better life, a happier life, a more fulfilled life. And it says, love, mom, after each of the comments. And it's beautifully done. Shelley, thank you so much for being with me. We're going to learn more about you in a second. We have the founder of Operation Inasmuch. His name is David Crocker. David, say hello. Wave. there. There's David. And David is the author of an interesting book called Compassionaries, unleash the power of serving. And I questioned David what he was talking about, and it's really about giving, serving, volunteering, some of us call it. We're not going to do it from a faith-based context today. We're going to do it from a context of what do you think about your responsibility to help others and how can you? So where does that compassion come from, that sense of seeing the need and contributing somehow to serving or solving a need. And that's what David, David, your book is lovely. I read it and I appreciate you. And third up, we have a very interesting lady who is a learning experience designer. And if you all think about what happened in the past two and a half years, we're using meetings and we're using Zoom and we're using all kinds of online platforms to learn, to join, whether you're working, whether you're not working, whether you're in a hybrid experience, whether you're doing family meetings or reunions, we're all online in some way, but Who is designing these experiences if you're a leader, an instructor, a trainer? Her name is Diana L. Howell. She has a master's degree, and she's the author of Next Level Virtual Training. Diane, I went through part of your book. You have something called The Bleach Method for, yeah. for making yourself look better when you have to be leading something online. I'm, I think I've got all of those. I'm not sure if I have the three-finger the three rule, which is you should have three <laughs> fingers above your head to the top of the frame, but you'll, you'll grade me later. And I'm Radio Red, and today we're talking about Read My Lips, and I named this episode, David Crocker, in honor of you, Serving Up Creativity. Okay, David, I thought I, I always pick something from one or, or, or more of my guest titles. So we're <laughs> going to be talking about what's creative, about what you all do, how you lead your lives, how you follow your passions. And for my listeners who were first timers, this is not just about dancers and singers and artists and photographers and people who design clothing and jewelry. I love all those people a lot. But to me, creativity is something that's how we each choose to make our own life ours something special, right? What do we do that's different? Where do we find the inspiration, the muse, if you will? So that's what we're talking about today. So let's go around the table and let's get to know our guests a little more deeply. Shelley Slocum, you're up first, dear. I'm putting you on speaker view. So say hello to the world and tell us, what do you do? What inspired you? to write your book. And where did you find all those beautiful quotes? I'm a quote fiend. I'm a quote nerd. And I use quote investigator. I looked up a lot of your quotes to make sure they were really who they were. And they (laughs) were. So So there you go. I do this for all my radio shows. I have quotes from all my guests on all my business shows. Shelley Slocum, welcome to Read My Lips. Go ahead, dear. Thank you, Red. It's a
2: pleasure to be here. So the uh, what started my book, um, unfortunately, my daughter experienced a very traumatic um, event. and as a result, she had a breakdown. And fortunately for me, I was I'm a real estate broker and I had a team. I could drop everything in my world and move to where she lived and literally love her back to health. And when she got strong enough to go back to work, Every day, I would send her a text with an inspirational quote that I just, I'm like you, Red, I love inspiration and quotes. So I would find the most inspirational quote I could, and I would send it to her each morning, and then I would give her a couple of tips on how she could apply it in her day, love mom and I did that every day for months, and at the end of that, you know, she was better and stronger and more optimistic, and she said to me, mom, you know, not everybody has somebody who could lift them up when they're down and in the midst of a struggle, and she said, you need to put this in a book to help other people, so uh, fast forward five years, and I, crazy enough, was diagnosed with non-smoking lung cancer one year ago. Ooh. And it just rocked my world. But at that point, it was, all right, Shelly, you know, what I used to heal for this past year is get my book out. And it's coming out in this next week. And I, I
1: couldn't be happier. Shelly, first of all, we're glad you're here with us. We hope Thank you're you. okay. Number two, bravo to you for finding a way to help your daughter in the way that you did, not just moving to be with her physically, present, but finding a way to use the quotes and your own, I'm calling them sidebars or love notes, we can call them. Right. But then the idea of creative living to me is finding a way to do something that either nobody's ever done before. Or you never thought of before. It's your own creativity in the own structure of, of your life. You had never thought about writing a book, probably. You had never thought never. about, how can I help my daughter heal? How can I help myself heal? So you, you applied the creativity. Um, where did your passion from quotes come from? Did that something from you, you got it from a teacher or, or were you around people who were quoting other people? Just briefly.
2: You know, I just have
1: always loved quotes. You
2: know, I have quote calendars, I, you know, just all kinds of things. And I, I think that most people would really like to be more inspired. They just don't know how. So that's where these tips kind of help you apply that inspiration that you're looking for.
1: Thank you very much. I'll tell you about quotes when we're done with the introductions. Let's go around the table. David Crocker, I'm so happy to have you here. I really like the title of your book, Compassionaries. That just... It, it it's rich, David. It's a rich title. So let's get to know you a little bit better, David Crocker. You're up full screen, full speaker screen, and tell the world who you are. Go ahead.
3: Well, thank you, Red. First of all, thank you for having me on the show. It's a pleasure to be here and to be talking to. What I'm trusting is uh, lots of folks out there who listen to your show uh, faithfully. So uh, my inspiration for writing the book really comes out of uh, years of working with people to help them. Uh, serve others uh, wherever they can, um, not just one particular kind of need, but really of a, a, a garden variety kind of needs out there. And it really is a kind of an overflow of years of experience of doing the same thing with people over and over again, and seeing uh, the difference it makes in their lives, that is those who are serving, as well as those who are being served. And the more I got into the writing of the book, the more I discovered that, wow, this thing of serving is really a powerful thing. I, I, that was a new thought for me. Uh, I describe power as the ability to make things happen. They can be good or bad. Uh, in this case, of course, good. And the more I thought about it, the more I delved into it, the more I studied and researched it, as well as reflected on my own experiences, what I found was that. Um, Uh, this is one of the best ways we have of making a positive impact in our world, even if it's just helping one person. And uh, it seems to me that the world we live in today could really use as much of that as as we can generate or inspire or motivate. And so a lot of the the reason for writing the book was really to try to help people see, you know, you can make a difference. You can make this world a better place. You don't have to write a million-dollar check as a philanthropist. Uh, you don't have to do something really big like start Habitat for Humanity, although that's a good thing. You can do something small, but it makes a difference. Everything we do makes a difference. And so it was that uh, combination of overflow of many experiences, as well as seeing the difference it makes in the lives of other people that uh, caused me to put my five point contact in a chair and keep it there until uh, for about two months while I wrote the book.
1: Thank you very much, David. Interesting. I'm going to ask you about two phrases. Just a brief comment. People talk about giving back, and some people talk about paying it forward. How does that figure into? Comp- I, I didn't. We didn't rehearse this. If anybody's figured, why did you come up with this? It just off the top. Everybody <laughs> says, "Oh, I'm going to pay it back." People say, "Well, I'm paying for the person in line behind me at Starbucks. I'm paying it forward." So, does that figure into compassionaries? The idea of people paying it ahead in advance, or? I giving back to my community and I volunteer in many ways for years and years. So I understand right. David, what's your quick thought on those words? I please? think,
3: I think it does include those popular phrases as well. Of course, paying it forward comes from the movie by that title years mm-hmm. ago, just absolutely wonderful movie. Um, uh, I watch it again every once in a while. Uh, and I'm, I'm pleased that some people picked up on that. Um, uh, and giving back to the community is even more popular in our culture of, um, We've received and so we give back, Uh, not because we have to, but because we want to and because we want to make a difference in the communities where we live. And so it absolutely fits in. That's a that's a kind of a popularistic uh, way of saying what I'm saying with compassionaries, uh, just a, a slightly different verbiage.
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And let's go to Diana Howells. Diana L. My real name has a D in it, so I know middle initials (laughs) are important. When somebody puts in their middle initial, I respect that, like I respect professional titles. Diana L. Howells, so happy to have you here. Would you please tell us a little bit about who you are and what your book is all about? Diana, welcome.
4: Well, thank you, Radio Red. It's great to be here. Thank you so much. And uh, similar to Shelly sharing about helping others with love and inspiration and like David shared about helping others by inspiring them to serve and how rewarding that is. When the pandemic hit, I've been uh, training virtually for a long time, started doing um, training back in 2000, actually. And I realized the whole world needs help now, needs to learn how to do this effectively. And so really the book uh, was the inspiration for that. And I love to get creative ideas just from everywhere. So, you know, when there's just a blank page, I love that because it means the canvas is is open. And I find that I get my best ideas when I'm not trying, you know, when you just wake up in the morning before you realize uh, what your problems are, kind of that quiet space, when you're jogging, when you're exercising. And I love the story about uh, Frank Baum, who got the idea of Oz, you know, writing The Wizard of Oz by supposedly folklore tells us he looked over and saw this tag on his file cabinet that said O to Z. And that's where Oz came from. So, you know, there's so much inspiration around. And so I actually put in my book to a poem about virtual training, but it's Twas the Night Before. Uh, it's the style of that that poem because it's just it's just so fun to be creative.
1: It absolutely is. And and do you think that our online presence that that has become pervasive and necessary in the past two years, connecting virtually with people who you with whom you could not be in the same room anymore for we don't know how long. I'm still mostly virtual. All my work is virtual, and and I absolutely love it. I don't get Zoom fatigue. Diana, ever, Good. ever, ever. I, I go great. to sleep looking like this, usually with Anna, yeah. and I wake up <laughs> looking like this. And so this is I just of have, course. A, I have a I have a different background for all of my many radio shows and I just love it. But my question to you is do you think that the world has changed for the better by being able to see each other in In our, I'm going to David. I'm use a word you use, but in a different Uh context. In our habitat, in where we are, how we choose to present ourselves. Do you think it has helped people get through the past couple of years to be able to see somebody maybe with a toddler crawling in the background or a cat, cat going on a desk or or a kitchen behind them? What do you think, Diana, your perspective? Well, absolutely. I mean, there's definitely
4: been connection moments, right? So when the toddler, as you say, red walks across or pets, it just creates a conversational starter and people have given each other grace as well. I have colleagues who work in their laundry room or at the kitchen table or (laughs) at their bedroom. So there certainly was grace and there needed to be, uh, but it did give us a way to connect through presence, through technology, when we weren't able to be together. And of course, it's great to be in person, too. There's nothing like that dynamic energy of being in the room. But this certainly has been a great alternative to help us connect and get a sense of person and place.
1: It has. Thank you for that. And I just want you to go through quickly the word bleach. Uh, oh. I think Shelley and David are going to get a <laughs> kick out of this. This is in Diana's book, and she talks about bleaches. B is background. L is lighting. Look at ourselves now. Shelley and David and, and Diana and, and me, we can all just gauge our background, our lighting, our expressions, our angle. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure whether you're going to explain that, our clothing and our headroom. And I talked about the the three-finger three, three finger rule there. So, Diana, would you just please give us a little instruction here on how are we doing, Diana L. Oh, well, you did great just summarizing that that there
4: and for all your viewers and even uh, loyal listener, Laura, uh, who's <laughs> listening out there. So, basically, the, that acronym, D-L-E-A-C-H, it helps us remember what to pay attention to. So, B for background, as you said, Red, is make sure that your background does not distract and helps put you in the foreground instead of making your background call attention to itself. L is good lighting, right? We want to light from the front. E is expression. So pointing, eye contact at the lens, Uh, facial expression, all of that helps to establish presence. And then A, the angle. We, we see sometimes where laptops are below the person or above the person, and you have this weird, awkward view of a face. So, really, it's best to be eye level. And then C is clothing. Sometimes solid colors pop. It looks like all of us are in solid colors tonight. And then H is the headroom. So, if you just take the three-finger rule, you take three fingers for those who are listening just to the audio, and you put your fingers horizontally above your head, it gives you just a little bit of margin space because sometimes we have folks, Shelley's in real estate. If you put your face down and there's too much real estate up there, you're not really leveraging uh, the frame of the camera. And so we want to make sure you're filling the frame.
1: Thank you, Diana. I think all of my guests have all passed with flying colors today. (laughs) I'm seeing very nice, neat backgrounds with the book or the cover of the book visible, not overpowering. I'm seeing decent amount of headroom. You all, I can see your face in a little bit. I like to take it down to the one button rule. Yeah, I, I do a lot of business shows under another name and I have guests who are like this. Right. We're, we're kind of losing. Cut you, off at the chin. Cut off yes. at the chin. But another yes. thing I find, this is interesting to me, Diana, is that I use a real green screen. It's behind me. It's about six feet wide. It's, a, nice. it's on, a, on a stand and uh, suspended with a, a, not a bungee cord, but with a tie. So it hangs down and it's about five feet tall and about six feet. And it's framed behind me so that wherever I move, my head isn't disappearing. And Perfect. I find that very few people, and even my business analysts on my business shows, very few people invested in green screens mm-hmm. so that when they move, their hair moves. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there is a square at the top where they're attached. It looks like they've got a thread going up to the ceiling. Um, they Their face disappears. Mm-hmm. There And it can be disappear. so distracting, right? It is. And they just, I guess it wasn't just one of those things. I, I, since I urge green screen and or external mic, but you all sound wonderful, by the way. Uh, Shelly, I got a nice comment on your audio. You're on an iPad without an external mic. And my engineer said, You probably, it's your room, you have good sound diffusion, so you sound excellent even though you're on an iPad. Without an external mic. Now I know David has an external mic, and so does Diana, and I have my trusty Red Focusrite Scarlet Solo USB mic. So uh, just uh, this is just we're not giving any lessons here, but it's just interesting. Uh, Diana's topic is interesting because my shows are all on Zoom, and this is what we do. This is how we present. So I really appreciate David. Any comments you have for Diana? As long as we're doing a roundtable here on any of her tips on uh, on presentation,
3: you good? I- Yes, I can say that from the first time I heard her explain what her expertise is, I thought to myself, "I've got to have that book. <laughs> uh, I need that." And and I'm sure there are thousands of others who, as they hear about it, are saying the same thing for the same reason everyone else is, because I expect to spend uh, the rest of my career, however long that turns out to be, uh, on Zoom uh, about as much as anything else. Just regular. I mean, there are people now I'm finding who. Would prefer to Zoom than phone call. Oh. And, uh, and so, you know, and, uh, sure, that's fine. Um, uh, the, uh, nonprofit that I'm with, we had to go uh, sometimes, uh, several states over to conduct training. Not anymore. Mm-hmm. We do it by Zoom and it's, it's really better for everyone. So kudos to you, Diana, for, oh, uh, thank you, having Your expertise <laughs> and, uh, I haven't gotten a copy of your book yet, but I will, I promise. Oh, thank you. <laughs>
1: oh, I think, I think a little birdie might be able to send you a copy like she sent it to me. I, I think we can get you a copy there. Shelly, any comments about what you, you uh, picked up from Diana? I totally agree. I am so impressed that this is something
2: where, you know, you were creative in a time where people were, you know, in need of learning how to actually do this, you know? For the most part, everybody kind of stumbled their way through, but this actually gives you pointers to say, here's how you can put your best foot forward in Zoom. And I love it. I love the concept. Good for you.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, you're very, very timely. And I don't usually dive into a book quite that way, Diane, on the show, but it just seems relevant to we're all here. We're doing this. And I'll, I'll tell you all that until about 2019, beginning of 2020, I'm not sure it had to do with the beginning of COVID or not. All of my radio shows, and I've created under different names. I've created fifty radio series since 2010, wow. and I did them all on the phone until one day I said to my, my colleagues at Voice America Radio, "We're broadcasting tonight on the Empowerment Channel, but all of my shows are on the Business Channel." And I said, "Could we use Zoom?" And they said, "Sure." I was I had trepidations about bringing in a visual platform yes. to radio because everybody says, oh, you're doing a podcast. I said, no, we're doing a radio. We just could be seen while we're doing the radio. But David, I couldn't, I had to tell, listen, think about it. If I was talking to David Crocker on a radio show, I had to think about, is he finishing a sentence? Mm -hmm. Is he taking a breath? Is he about to start the next sentence? Am I going to interrupt him if I say anything? Same thing with you, Shelley, and same thing, Diana. And once I went to Zoom I said to my guests, I can see you think. I can (laughs) watch your brain moving. I can see some people walk around when they talk. Some people move. Some people use their hands. Some people scratch their heads, whatever it is. And all of a sudden, I was seeing a richness to mm. whom my guests were and what was going on with them. It also meant they were visually present and they couldn't run away. But the point <laughs> was that uh, they, they had to pay more attention. But to me, it opened up an entirely new world of broadcasting mm. and now Everything I do is on Zoom. So thank you. for. Oh, this is this yeah. is good. My show is more of a party than a real. We're, <laughs> we're not doing interviews here. We're just having a conversation. Speaking of conversation and speaking of quotes, Shelley Slocum, I will tell you that on all my shows, even the business shows, and this one included, I ask my guests to send me one of their favorite quotes. But on my business shows, let's say, for example, we're talking about <laughs> supply chain, bless you, or digitalization or the future of Factory 4.0 or Industry 4.0, Okay. Serious business topics. I asked them to send me a quote from a movie or a TV character, fictional, or from a song that has nothing to do with the quote. And I'll give you an example of how well it works. One of the favorite quotes people have is from Colonel Nathan Jessup, played by the wonderful Jack Nicholson. The movie was A Few Good Men. And the quote is, you can't handle the truth. And if you think about it, that applies to any big business topic today. So I say to them, pick a quote that has nothing to do with the topic, and you'll explain in your own words how it does. So this is, Shelley, this is how I use quotes. I used to ask my guests to send me quotes from famous people. Do you know how many times we had quotes from Einstein and <laughs> Gandhi and Drucker and Darwin, who never said what he said? And from uh, Mark Twain and from oh, Churchill. Oh, my God. If I heard a Churchill quote again, I, w- I was falling asleep. So I said, no more real people quotes. It has to be fictional. People still send me real people quotes and book. No, no, no. I said, nope, send it back. Anyway, let's go through the quotes. You all picked out very interesting quotes. Shelly, let's take about two minutes apiece because I want to get to some more. Of- we have. Famous birthdays to cover, and we have really, really weird holidays. David, I can't wait to hear your reaction to some of the holidays I have for you. A lot of them have to do with food, so I hope you hope you didn't eat. Maybe I hope you did eat already. Okay, Shelley Slocum sent us a quote from "Time to Change," a 1972 bubblegum pop song from the TV sitcom <laughs> The Brady Bunch, and here is the. It's performed by the fictional Brady Bunch, and the song is "We Can Make the Whole World a Lot Brighter," in the episode "Do Re Me." D-O-U-G-H-R-E-M-I that aired on January 14th, 1972. I hope you're impressed with my lookup services here, Shelley Mm Slocum. And here is the line of the quote she sent: Sha-na-na-na-na-na-na, day by day, you're facing the changes you've been through. A little bit of living, a little bit of growing, all adds up to you. When it's time to change, you've got to rearrange who you are and what you're going to be. Shelley, take about two minutes tell us how this inspires you or what it has to do with creativity. Go ahead.
2: Well, I, I don't know about anybody else, but I loved the Brady Bunch. Uh, it was uh, it was just such a fun show, and that song has always been one of my favorites. And I play it with my grandkids, and we sing the na 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 na, and then they sing the na 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 na. It's so fun. But the reason I love that is because we every day. We're changing, we're growing, and it takes creativity to meet that change head on. And I think, you know, as what happened with me in this past year, um, change is inevitable. It's what you do with it that matters. And I think, you know, being creative helps us pivot
1: It does. Very interesting word. I I like to pick up words from my guests on the theme of creativity. Pivot is a very, very interesting word, getting creative. And I explained to people, as I said at the beginning, it's not, are you a dancer, a singer, photographer, an artist? And to me, creativity isn't, okay, Diana had Cheerios for breakfast on Monday. Hope I'm not insulting a Diana. And on Wednesday, she switched to uh, cornflakes. And that's, no, that's not a creative, that's just switching out what's in the closet. So that's not creativity. Okay. So thank you very much, Sally. I love that. Let's go to the quote David has selected. Oh, this is really cool. It's from Colonel John Hannibal Smith, played by George Pappard, if anybody remembers him, on the TV series The A-Team. And Liam Neeson played him in the 2010 film adaptation The A-Team, 1980s. Wow, that goes back, David action-adventure TV series on NBC. It ran from 1983 to 87, created by Stephen J. Cannell and Frank Lupo. And here is, what a great quote. I love it when a plan comes together. This is a classic, David. So what does this have to do with creativity? Go ahead.
3: Well, first of all, I was so entertained by, by the television show, uh, I don't think I missed any of the episodes of it. Uh, and have since discovered uh, that you can actually go back and see some of those, which I intend to do. Um, I think it has to do with creativity and the fact that um, uh, in, in the fictional plot that played out in every episode, uh, the A-team was presented with a problem, sometimes more than one, and they had to be really creative in how they um, uh, solved that problem. Of course, you knew that we going to by the end of the episode, but seeing how they went about it was, uh, was a fun thing to watch. And they were at the same time being pursued by the military police for a, a crime that they really didn't commit, but they hadn't proven their innocence yet. So you had several different things working together at one time. And uh, I just uh, I just don't think I'll ever forget the image of George Pappard with the half-smoked cigar sticking out of his mouth saying, at the very end of the show, often it was the very last line, I love it when a plan comes together. And I've used that line a lot. Uh, my grandchildren, of course, have no idea where it comes from. <laughs> they just heard me say it.
1: <laughs> very, very, it's it's a clever line. And I think it goes with, with a lot of creative ideas we have, because sometimes there is no plan. There's just this muse, this creative inspiration. And then all of a sudden, it seems like you did have a plan. Sometimes I think the plan is there, but we didn't identify, okay, here's the first right. step and the second step, and here's here's the setup, and here's the middle, and here's going to be the outcome, and here's going to be the fulfillment and the benefits and all. It's just... I think I'll do this today. And then it's like, I love it when a plan comes together. Maybe it wasn't even a plan, but it worked. And David, I have to uh, make a comment on one of the examples you gave in your book of of compassionaries. There's a young girl in Charlotte, North Carolina who wanted to raise She wanted to gather shoes for homeless kids who didn't have them, and she had a goal, and she ended up getting big corporations involved in her mission and ended up delivering almost 2,000 pairs of shoes, and this went on to get bigger and bigger. I I had a TV show years ago, and when I moved from New York to North Carolina, I was actually filming people, invited them into my home. This is a couple years before COVID, obviously. And there were a group of young girls, uh, 12, 13 11, 12, 13, and one of their moms came to my house. I met them through a mutual friend, and they were doing, they were decorating flip-flops and they were donating them. Another group was was donating socks, like the Bombas. These girls were picking, were, were collecting socks and sending them, I think, to troops overseas. So wow. this this idea, and these were little kids, and, yeah. and they had this organization. That, I love it when a plan comes together, right, David? They right. had this organization, and they had a president, and a vice president, and the mom was the advisor, and they were doing this for a global cause. These, these were 12, 13-year-old kids. And they saw, is that a true compassionary, David?
3: Yes. Oh, absolutely it is. And, you know, the thing about the kids is they don't know any better. They don't let the things stop them that sometimes we adults do. You know, we can come up with reasons. I
1: think D- David froze. Okay, I'm going to move on because I was worried. Okay, we're still, we're still running live. David froze completely. It's fine. Like it's that. fine. Anyway, I'm going to move on, but uh, thank you for the comments there. I think we got the point, and I'm, I'm glad you put in about the children with the shoes. That was a great example of compassionaries. Let's go on to the quote that Diana L. Howells, M.A., has sent us. This <laughs> is one of my favorites, and people use this on my business shows all the time. Diana, surprisingly, it's from Dory, who's a blue tang. It's a fish with a short-term memory loss voiced by Ellen DeGeneres. The movie, of course, is Finding Nemo, 2003 computer animated adventure film. And the quote is, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, 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 just keep swimming. Diana, what does this have to do with creativity? Go ahead. Right. Well, I think for those of you who have seen the show and those of you who are uh,
4: watching tonight live, you know that maybe the most memorable scene is when all the fish are stuck in the net. And, uh, you know, Nemo is like, I know what to do. And so they try to have everyone keep just keep swimming because that's a way to solve problems, as David mentioned about solving problems. And so when they work together, they're actually able to free everyone, including Dory, who also gets stuck in that net. So it's problem solving. But what I love about it, too, is it. It's not taking no for an answer. So sometimes you get obstacles, you get barriers, and just keep swimming reminds us to keep trying. Maybe we tweak some things, maybe we change something, maybe we talk to somebody else, uh, but we just keep swimming, we keep knocking on those doors. Uh, One of my favorite TED Talks is Angela Duckworth, who talks about grit. And just keep swimming is an example of grit, mm-hmm. right? Where mm-hmm. you just persevere. And when you do that, you often
1: break through and find real creativity in, in good solutions. There you go. Good solutions. Sometimes we don't know if they're good until we've actually dove into them and, yeah. and then we find out they are, right? And that's that's right. part of the the fun of being creative. Thank you yeah. all for the quotes. I appreciate all the, the effort you put into selecting. And I know you don't often get asked to do that on a lot of radio and TV shows, <laughs> but that's how I roll, kids. Okay, let's do some famous birthdays. I only found three celebrities whose birthdays whose names I recognize. Billy Joel. Is seventy three oh, today? 73 Rumor hours. has it that's a really good age. And <laughs> Mr. Piano Man, no comment. Rosario Dawson, the actress, is forty two. She starred in Men in Black Two with Will Smith. We won't say anything about Will Smith right now. And there's a young actress who's twenty six named Mary Mouser, M O U S E R. Maybe Mouser. She anybody recognize her name, David mm-hmm. or oh. Diana? She mm. played Karen. Fitz and Mellie Grant's daughter on Scandal in season four. She was the daughter of the president of the United States on Scandal, the Kerry Washington show. Yes. Oh. Okay. So I just recognized her name and had to look her up. I have some uh, social, shall we say, social website stars whose names I always pick a couple a week. I'm not making fun of them, but their names are interesting. And I have some YouTube stars. I guarantee you've never heard of them, but we're going to wish them a happy birthday anyway. So we have somebody named Neat Mike. David, he spells his name as one word, capital N, E-A-T, Capital M, I K. Neat Mike is 29. Hmm. And then we have a young lady whose name is Hey, it's Brie, all one word, capital H, capital I, capital B, she's 19. Then we have a TikTok star named Musically Maxim. All one word, they like one-word names. All one, one word, 21. And then we have a lip sync and beauty content creator. You ready for this, kids? Her short-term videos have attracted 170 million likes. I know. Wow. I know. In another world, we would all be there. And her name is Pammy Baby, P-A-M-I-B-A-B-Y. She's 22. One word, Pammy. Happy birthday, Pammy Baby. And then I have a rapper named Faced Kella. Okay, just leave that one alone, who's 52. And then I have a, a, a 21-year-old rapper named Bando K, B-A-N-D-O-K-A-Y. And he only has 900,000 listeners a month
0: oh, on yeah. Spotify.
1: <laughs> only. Listen, I'm thrilled if one of my video gets 500 views, right? Right. The video yeah. show. I know. I know. That's the way it goes. Let's do some holidays here. And then we'll talk a little more about, about
3: creativity. There's one more, one more yes, birthday, Red. My yes, grandson's 10th birthday is today.
1: Well, Mazdov, oh, happy tenth birthday! Do you want, want to give us a name? May you?
3: His name is Asa Price. Lives in Fort Myers, Florida.
1: Well, Asa Price, we are honored that your grandpa is celebrating <laughs> your birthday with us today. Thank you very much. And is anybody else born in the month of May? Do we have any? What did I say? It was Taurus. Any Tauruses? No. Um, Taurus thrives on loyalty, stability, commitment, and intimacy in a relationship. They're most compatible with Pisces, Cancer, Virgo, and Capricorn. I'm a Libra. What are you, David?
3: Uh, I think I'm Scorpio.
1: Scorpio. Diana, what are you? I'm Sagittarius right after you. Okay. And and
2: Shelley, what are you? I'm a Capricorn. And I was happy to hear that my, my husband is a Taurus. So that we're compatible. Oh, there you go.
1: <laughs> See, you had to come on my show to find out. I won't ask yeah. how many years you've been married, but there's always 39. a benefit. Oh, oh my. Oh my. Well, congratulations. Awesome. Bravo. <laughs> that's that's an achievement today. It yes, is. yes, yes. So uh, May is the month of salad of the Mediterranean diet, a month of pets, of mm-hmm. physiotherapy of strawberries and hamburgers, not necessarily together in the same meal, but why not? It's <laughs> Inventors' <laughs> Month. It's salad month. I said it's salad, salad month. It's correct posture. Everybody sit up straight. It's Correct Posture Month. It's Creative Beginning. See, it's in honor of my show. It's Egg Month, whatever that means to you. It's Gifts from the Garden. I assume that's veggies and flowers. It's Barbecue Month. It's also Blood Pressure Month. That may come from the hamburgers and the barbecue. you got to watch Blood <laughs> Pressure. And it's International Civility Awareness Month. That's good. Let's be nicer to each other for goodness sake, Right. Okay, and David, that comes with being compassionate and caring and having a sense of responsibility and giving and giving back, right? Absolutely. It comes with a sense of who who are who who's if, even if we don't say we're our brothers or our sisters keeper, we're part of the same ecosystem sure. of humankind. So do something. Do yeah. something nice. Be helpful. There you go. See, I'm helping you all talk about your creativity, <laughs> which you may not have thought about before. So let's go through some holidays. Today is National Alphabet Magnet Day. Anybody have a letter magnets and numbers on your refrigerator that you put into little words? You ever have those words? You ever had the little magnets that you stick on your refrigerator and it has a words like like um, beauty and is and kind and wow, and you put them together in different sentences? You ever seen those little David, mm. you've seen those, okay. yeah. I had I had a set of those at one point. It's also butterscotch brownie day. Yummy! I know, but if you you need to you need to knock it down with something, Diana. So it's well, mos- Moscato Day. There you go. <laughs> there you go. And in case you have too much, it's sleepover day. I should say sleepover night. <laughs> See how these? How there is a crazy calendar. They work together. <laughs> they, they really do. And I didn't make these up. I just, used, now tomorrow, Tuesday, May 10th is National Shrimp Day. I have some in the freezer here. Do you know, with prices changing, my local supermarket, Harris Teeter here in Durham, packages, it's for $5 and it's supposed to be 10 shrimp. They're medium size and they're cooked, but I never find them cooked quite enough. So I'll brown them in a little canola oil or I'll stick them in the air fryer. But because of the pricing changes, they never told you that instead of 10, they're only giving you nine in a package now. And when oh. they show the weekly ad, they show 10 shrimp. In the, so I haven't gone to the manager yet and said, "Tus tsk, tsk, you're only <laughs> selling us nine instead of 10. I don't I don't think I one week they actually did do 10 and now they're back to nine again. So- Truth in advertising. What can I say? It's also Clean Your Room Day tomorrow, and it's American Craft Beer Day. Does anybody uh, have a, a craft beer brewery? That's hard to pronounce. anybody Anybody know anybody with a, a brewery? You want to recommend? No, we I'm have not a be-
3: ton of them in East Tennessee.
1: Yeah, and
3: we call it moonshine. <laughs>
1: Out behind the barn. I know. I remember that word. Uh, let's go to Wednesday. It's National Eat What You Want Day. Well, I celebrate that every day. And it's foam rolling day. And foam rolling day, I understand, is where you take some a piece of foam and you roll it between your feet or your knees for exercise. Don't look oh, at me. I don't exercise. know. Yeah, yeah, I know. It I'm sure it makes sense to somebody, not to me. Thursday is limerick day, and I don't have any examples. It's also nutty fudge day. And it's National Odometer Day, and I have no idea if they're connected in any particular way. Does anybody like nutty fudge? That's either fudge that makes you nutty or fudge with nuts in it. Shelly, what's your favorite flavor of nutty fudge?
2: I love the rocky road that has the nuts and the marshmallows. It's delicious.
1: Ooh, 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 <laughs> ooh. I don't think I can continue the show. I, just, I, don't, <laughs> I want to think about that. David, do you have a favorite fudge flavor?
3: uh. Anyone that's in my hand or going in my mouth. (laughs) Oh, he's an
1: equal opportunity fudge guy. Diana, favorite fudge? Well, Red, I was thinking you
4: say chocolate sings. We should say fudge sings.
1: Oh, she's she. That's my closing of the show. Yes, right? fudge does. I can now I'll we do can that say today. fudge sings. I'll do that. <laughs> Friday is this goes. This is a throwback. Friday is National Fruit Cocktail Day. Anybody remember the fruit cocktail in the can? You always waited yes. for that little cherry to pop out. Remember a little, little half right. a cherry. Sure. If you're if you're lucky, when your mom served you the fruit cocktail, there was and the pineapple. Usually just one little piece of pineapple. I don't know how processed that was, but they still make it, actually. In case you're not into fruit cocktail on Friday, you can celebrate National Frog Jumping Day. I'm not kidding. (laughs) If that doesn't do it for you, we have a whole menu set out, Apple Pie Day, Crouton Day, and International Hummus Day. Now, I wouldn't recommend putting hummus on your apple pie. I think that's just going overboard. I think that's a tummy ache in the making. Saturday (laughs) is Buttermilk Biscuit Day. It's Dance Like a Chicken Day. It's not Chicken Day. It's Dance. It's Dog Mom's Day. If you know anybody who's a dog mom who has a, a puppy or two or three, like somebody in my family, Dog Mom's Day. And it's Miniature Golf Day. Okay, who plays miniature golf? Whoever used to play miniature golf? No, David used I to. Do. David, you still do it?
3: Uh, yeah, especially with my grandkids. It's something that we can do together and uh, they, they seem to enjoy it. And uh, yeah, it's okay.
2: fun. Okay. Shelly, what about call you? It, we used to call it Putt-Putt. I don't know if that was yeah. the name of the mini yeah. golf place, but we yep. called it Putt-Putt and it's fun. <laughs>
1: yep. We had a, a place with carnival rides called Kitty City that I used to be able to walk to about two miles from my house when I was growing up in Douglaston, Long Island— not mcenroe Douglaston. this was the other park. That was the manor, Douglaston Manor. This was the park near the Long Island Expressway, but it was still called Douglaston. And And my girlfriends and I used to walk. It was a long walk, a couple miles. And Kitty City had, had a small Ferris wheel and had a little train that went all the way around. It had the tilt-a-whirl. I still remember the giggles on the mm-hmm. tilt-a-whirl. But <laughs> next door to it, they put, I think it was run by, this is in the borough of Queens, so it's still in the city of New York. They, had a, they put in a, a miniature golf, uh, a putting range, and I think there was a miniature golf course there as well. But I remember the putting range and you see everybody with their drivers. Okay, moving on. Sunday, oh my goodness, it's Nylon Stocking Day. Does anybody remember Nylon? Ah, David's smiling. David, <laughs> this this predates pantyhose, those terrible things. <laughs> I know, real stockings. That was a war effort stockings. It's also Chocolate Chip Day. And it's Take Your Parents to the Playground Day. David, I could think you can turn it into take your grandpa to the playground day. Okay.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's happened. I've been taking a lot of places and uh, the playground is is just one of many. There you go.
1: (laughs) Now, next Monday, I'm going to give you quickly the holidays for Monday because I'm not on the air till seven o'clock at night, Eastern time, and the holidays will be almost over. So Monday is National Piercing Day. Hmm. I don't want to. Anybody? Anybody any thoughts about that? We'll leave that one alone. Um, it's National Mimosa Day. Who doesn't love a mimosa? A little refreshing there. It's Love a Tree Day. Has anybody ever hugged a tree or loved a tree? I, I <laughs> We've remember. We've planted several. You planted, okay? Where planted have you planted trees? the
4: trees? In in our yard. So we we
1: love having a variety of trees. Yeah, love trees. And I plant plant seeds from vegetables and fruit in pots that are old glass candle jars in my kitchen. And I learned that if you scrape the little white seeds out of a red pepper or yellow pepper and sprinkle them on dirt and water them just a little bit for a couple of days, I have a plant that's all green and little tiny leaves. It's about 14 inches tall. And it's very, very thick, and it came from pepper seeds. I've grown from grapefruit seeds. I now have the little grape tomatoes. I had some that I didn't eat on time. Cut them in half, squeezed out the seeds on a a round, uh, a plastic dish with dirt in it, and the the tomatoes kind of got, nah. But the seeds, whatever it is, they're now about three inches tall, and there's about 100 of them. And I don't know whether they're going to make tomatoes. I've taken old Vidalia onions that went past the eating point, cut them in half, stuck them in my front yard in my garden. And I actually had eight miniature, really tiny, real Vidalia onions under the dirt last summer. And there's another one growing out in front. So I take the old onion, slice it in half, stick it in the dirt, and water it a little bit. That is resourceful. I know. I know.
3: Creative.
1: Yeah, creative. There you go. So (laughs) I've I've got all kinds of things growing in my in my garden. Little coleus cuttings I've turned into about twelve plants that are over a foot tall from coleus. It's from a couple of little cuttings that I I borrowed from a mall somewhere. Don't say anything.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then you go to the mall and
1: you take a little scissors. Oh, that coleus is eight feet tall. They don't need an extra six inches. Put it in the bag in your first. <laughs> take it on, put it in dirt. The next thing you know, you got a coleus garden. Okay, it's also um, a National Barbecue Day on Monday. It's National Coquille Saint-Jacques Day. That's scallops with buttercream, mushrooms, and cheese. Now I'm getting hungry and mm-hmm. it's bike to work week. So we have time. We have a little bit of time left. Let's go do a couple of your creativity statements. I'm going to pick a statement, Shelly, from you first. Take about two minutes and... Here we go. Um, oh, I like this one. Number two. Here's from Shelly Slocum. She says, I crea- I'll create. i read it for you. Don't have to look. I creatively make up acronyms to help me remember important things and share my acronyms with other people to help them. It's really fun. You want to give us a couple examples, Shelly? We'd love to hear. Sure.
2: Well, I loved um, Diana's Bleach. I-, I do that all the time. I-, I just come up with fun acronyms. So, you know, the acronym for um, FEAR People always say false evidence appearing real, but I like to make it help you really dig in and and face it. So I do the F as face the fear and do it anyway. The E is expect a positive outcome. And the A, ask good questions like, why not? Why? You know, why shouldn't I do this? And, you know, really help yourself in Del Carnegie. You mentioned that I taught Del Carnegie classes. Uh, one of the ways that Del Carnegie recommend is, you know, to stop worrying is to ask what the worst thing could that could happen. And most of the time it doesn't. So and then the R in fear is remember, remember, you've got you're stronger than you think you've got you've overcome challenges and obstacles in the past so you can do it again. So that's a a simple one to face your fear.
1: I like that. I like that a lot. That that is clever and that is creative. Thank you, Shelley. Great example. And let's move on to David. I'm looking at your statement number four on creativity. I like this and I think you'll like it too, David. You see, creativity is using known materials or ideas to do a new thing. And the example is organizing an event in which Ordinary, regular people can serve others in ways they never dreamed of. David, this is right in line with your book. So can you take about two minutes and explain for us, please?
3: Sure. No problem. Um, So one of the things that I found over the years is that uh, a lot of people are reluctant to to get involved in serving others. Sometimes they think they don't have time. Other other times they're afraid of being taken advantage of or uh, they're afraid of uh, getting in over their heads, if you will. And uh, so they kind of stand back. And so uh, through the years, we've developed ways to um, encourage people to get past that, uh, at least to kind of dip their toes in the water of serving a little bit. And, and almost always their experience is it's a good thing. They enjoy it. Um, a really good example of that is a fellow that here in, um, in the town where I live was opposed to the group that he was a part of and going out and helping people in need. He just didn't feel like that was the right thing for them to do and spoke out to that effect. But the group decided to do it anyway. And to his credit, he decided he would be a part of it anyway. Instead of taking his uh, baseball and going home, he got involved. And what he did was to go to a nearby truck stop and serve truckers coffee. He had such a good time that he went back and did it again and again and again on his own. Uh, so that's a good example of someone who was given an opportunity and to his credit, he took it, even though he was, uh, wasn't sure that it was the right thing to do and found that not only was the right thing to do, it was a really good thing and he got the blessing from it. So that's about probably the best example I could give right now.
1: That is a wonderful example. Thank you, David. I I appreciate that because you you just never know. I I used to do public access TV when I was in New York and I'd get teenagers who were doing it for some kind of school credit and they were standing there texting while they're on the camera. And I'd say, you know, think about it this way. You are the eyes of the viewer. What would you want to see when you're and we're all volunteers. I just call us independents, but I, I didn't like the word volunteer in that because oh they're volunteer, you know, they're not gonna do anything much. Well, we did. We produced a lot. But my point was I'd say to them, you are important because you are framing a shot for the director to get that will show the audience what it is about my guests and And who they are and what they're doing, whether they're talking or singing or dancing, whatever they're doing. You have a role that's important here. We may not be paying you. I always fed them, by the way, bagels and, you know, (laughs) know, tuna fish and cream cheese. It was great. Anyway, so thank you very much, David, for that. And we have time to go to one from Diana. And Diana, I'm combining your statements three and four because I think they go together nicely. You say, I love a blank page and a blinking cursor as I view an open canvas as the invitation to go in any direction. Then you say, continue. When I write, it feels like I'm a painter of words, as my work is similar to an artist where one watches to see what unfolds and emerges. So two minutes. Diana, what do you think? Yeah, you know, it
4: makes me think of we used to have a a tree in our backyard that actually had to be cut down and it had beautiful redwood in it. So we hired this artist and we said, can you make this into something? And I said, what do you think you'll make it into? And he said, well, I won't know until I see what emerges. Right. So he starts this process. And guess what? It turned into this beautiful vase, which, of course, we bought from him. But that's how I feel when I have a blank page. It's like you you see what emerges and you go with the flow and what i found is when you find that space of stillness that's when kind of creativity comes right it's when you're not looking for it it's usually when you're when you're quiet and still and i know j k rowling her idea for harry potter just dropped into her mind when she was riding on a train. And what are you doing on a train? You're still, you're quiet. And she said she didn't even have a pen or a pencil or lipstick, nothing to write it down with, this idea. (laughs) So she had to just stew on it, right? Just think about it. So I think just really encouraging your viewers and listeners to just um, get in that creative
1: flow and be open. Yes. And I think the key there, Diana, is to be open to the fact that even if you don't think you're creative, something will pop up. Something will fill that space. And you can say, I'm creative because I did such and so. You don't even have to give a label to it. It's just, I didn't think about this before. I'm I'm still writing my book. It's going to be a novella. I can't. I just had, oh, a, good. A, I had a young young author, first-time author on my show a couple weeks ago. Her first novel is 495 pages. Her second, mm-hmm. and it's a trilogy. She couldn't be more than 30 years old. She writes six to eight hours a day. Her second <gasps> book is 600 pages. And I said, I well, I'm working. I have a job but my point was I don't have the discipline to do that much <laughs> but my book is going to be I'm up to about 20,000 words now and if I get to 30 it'll be a lot but that's <laughs> still space sometimes I write it it's a it's a scathing uh, sarcastic slight thriller murder mystery that isn't really a murder but it's a mystery the whole thing's a mystery <laughs> but it's it's scathingly sarcastic about something that I know very well not a particular person but a a structure, a function. Yeah, I'll tell you all up Can't here. wait to can't oh, wait I'll to tell read you up there. It. And it's yeah. funny. is It is incredibly funny, but if anybody <laughs> knew I wrote it, they'd run me out of town. So <laughs> I, I've got a pen name all picked out. I'll tell you all after if you promise, oh, but it's got to be okay. an NDA. It's got to be an NDA. So let's, I want to say thank you quickly. Where can people find you? Shelly Slocum website, where? 30 seconds, t- 10 seconds, go.
2: My website is love and inspiration.org, all spelled out.
3: Thank
1: you, David Crocker. Where can people go?
3: My website is simply my name, davidwcrocker.com. C-R-O-C-K-E-R.
1: Thank you very much, Diane L. Howells. Where can people find you? Howellsassociates.com.
4: That's H-O-W-L-E-S, associates, plural, dot com.
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate all of you. I've had such a good time. This is, I've come to think of this show as a party. <laughs> you really? Oh, you're going to get interviewed for a half hour with really tough questions about why you wrote your book and how you put No, you're just going to come <laughs> and we're just going to talk and have fun. I hope you've all enjoyed it. Please don't go away afterwards. I want to sit and chat for a couple minutes, but let me close. First of all, everybody on the count of three, say thank you, Josh, to my engineer. One, two, three. Thank, Thank you, you Josh. Josh. There, we got to show him some love. He's my wonderful Monday night engineer, and we appreciate him. Here we go. Life is short. Break the rules. Forgive quickly. Kiss slowly. Trust me. It's the only way. Love <laughs> truly. La- laugh uncontrollably. Everybody laugh. <laughs> there we go. And never regret anything that made you smile. Right, David? And here's my final. Work like you don't need the money, even if you do Put it in your mind that you're doing it, not just because you have to, but something about it you have to find that you enjoy. Dance like nobody's watching, but when I dance, they all watch. Sing like nobody's listening. <laughs> I didn't sing once on this show. That was a miracle. And Love Like You've Never Been Hurt, because, heck, we all have Get over it. Let your heart open up, regenerate, regrow. Find a way to love, even if it's just yourself, and then find a way to love something, a tree, a flower, a word, a poem, or another person. It's there. Money talks, chocolate sings. La. And last but not least, and I stole this line from somebody else, thank you for turning me on. Radio Red waving goodbye with the short hair today, and I will be back next week with three more wonderful guests. Everybody wave goodbye by Facebook. <coughs>